Finding work after prison can be a challenge, but coming out with a new skill set can help a lot. The state's career tech system manages vocational training programs at 16 prisons across Oklahoma, and completion of the program can mean a vocational certificate in a variety of fields. But during this current economic crisis, some recently released inmates are finding job prospects to be especially challenging. I'm Ben Felder, and on this week's episode of Listen Frontier, we hear from an Oklahoma man who used the prison career tech program to secure a job upon his release, but last month found himself unemployed as businesses across the state were hit by the coronavirus-caused economic slowdown. Hey, Jake. Yes, sir. Hey, it's Ben. How is it going? It's going good. Jake Parnell lives in Glenpool, Oklahoma. He's 38 and last year was released from prison after serving more than three years for several charges, including robbery. I met Jake last year at the McLeod Correctional Center in Atoka. He was finishing his training in a machining program offered through the Oklahoma Career Tech. At the time, Jake was just a couple weeks from his release. That was nearly one year ago, so I called Jake this week to ask him about his time out of prison. It hasn't been easy, as a slumping economy has left him jobless. But he has still come a long way from the person he was when he was first locked up in 2016. I fell apart after I went through a nasty custody battle over my daughter. Um, not a lifelong criminal. It just began in 2015. My ex decided to remove my daughter, and instead of being stronger, I drowned out my emotions and anxiety and alcohol and drugs, and I went off the deep end. I proceeded to use methamphetamines and drink, and when I ran out of money and became desperate, um, like any addict, I was a thief. You know, I just acquired a few charges, everything from writing bad checks, possession of stolen credit cards, to robbery. And it's not who I am, but that's that's where I found myself. And what was your mindset when you when you were first incarcerated? Scared, scared. I'm an educated man. I was raised in jeans. My father worked extremely hard in a refinery to raise me properly, teach me respect. I was raised with class and dignity, and not to be a thief. And I become everything I was not. You know, I set out to be. So I was scared. I felt as though my life was over, and uh, I was actually near the point of suicide. You, you ended up finding yourself in the Career Tech Skill Center program. How did you find out about this program? What was the process for getting enrolled, and and what made you well, view this as a as an opportunity? Well, you'd have to fast forward past my sentencing, and you know, doing three years because on a ten year sentence, I was uh, committed to do thirty three percent of that sentence before I'd be eligible for any kind of release. So, right at the end of my 
right at the end of about the three-year mark, three-and-a-half-year mark, they uh, posted some things about Votech, Oklahoma Career Tech. At the time, I was working an outside job at the city of Anita running a backhoe, so I had interest in becoming a heavy equipment operator, which they had showed they offered. Later to find out at the uh, forum, if you will, and um, I forget the gentleman's name from Career Tech, but when he actually showed up and presented everything to us inmates in Anita, uh, they did away with the heavy equipment operator. So I was limited to fewer choices, and I ended up choosing precision machining, which is like CNC machining. And I thought it was a great opportunity to have some kind of skill or trade looking at less than a year before I get out. I guess you could say, you know, for me, I wanted something that would be felon-friendly, a career in industry that would, you know, probably overlook my felonies and issues. So I, I felt like it offered me an opportunity there and to make a decent income and, you know, provide for my family. So I was excited about that. You know, to say that the struggle wasn't there is wrong because you're talking to an English major and a, you know, a history buff. I'm not really a science and technician kind of guy, but I became one and I had to work hard towards it, you know, but I felt like, I felt like it gave me a brighter future and option. So tell me a little about the program and what you were doing. And, you know, I actually had a chance to meet you last year. You were one of the students that I, I saw in there and, and you were gracious enough to kind of show me around a little bit, but uh, yeah. you know, tell me, tell me about your, tell me about the program. What kind of work were you doing and, and what was the, the vocation you were training for? Well, to be perfectly honest, now that I've been in the CNC or machinist industry for a year out in the world, uh, they afforded us some very antiquated equipment. Yes, it offered us the very basics of machining, it, but the machines we're working with are not the ones they're using out in the world today, to be honest with you. I mean, we had manual lathes. I believe the one you saw me working on or took a picture of me on. Some, some shops still run those manual-type mills and lathes, but not very many. It's all computer-controlled. So while I got the basics, and I got the basic principles down in mathematics and speeds and feeds of cutting metal and making parts, um, I didn't get any part of the computer, or computer numeric control in the CNC end, and that, that's unfortunate. It has been a struggle out in the world. But most of our equipment in there was manual, which, how do I put it? Uh, you know, it'd be like teaching somebody to paint a house with a paintbrush, and then they get a job and figure out they have these sprayers. They don't have to use a paintbrush now, so they don't know how to use a sprayer. And while they know the basics and how to make sure it's pretty and the paint goes on neat with a paintbrush, all of a sudden they get out and they're hired and they have to use a paint sprayer. That'd be something I would liken it to. So, you know, it, it gave me the basics. So how long were you in the training program? Seven months. I, I was transferred from Benita uh, Minimum Security to Howard McLeod and Atoka in December of 2018. And I graduated and was released uh, on May seventeenth last year, twenty nineteen. Did you did you enjoy it? I mean, did you enjoy being a part of it? I did. Yes, I did. I met some great people and and I did learn quite a bit. I mean, I want to reiterate that. I mean, I did learn quite a bit, and it has helped. Um, you know, but there again, I mean, I, I would like, you know, I'd like to see the program maybe get some better equipment to to equip these guys but so i walked out with a certificate for precision machine technology but i also walked out with certificates for forklift 
more specifically in machining, uh, I got a manual lathe operator certificate, um, some other certificates, you know. I have quite a portfolio. That's one thing I'll say. One thing I'll definitely say is that uh, they they do they do hand you some good certifications. Your OSHA OSHA ten card. So you get quite a bit. You know, you do get quite a bit, and you don't walk in you don't walk out empty-handed when you go to these jobs in these industrial tri- type positions. Did you have any job prospects before you released, or? or- was it something that you, yes. you know, okay. So what, what was that like? How, how were you getting some job prospects and then where did you land? Well, the job prospects was word of mouth from friends and family in Tulsa, people that said they would hire me, you know, based on me doing that. And I did go work for a company for a little while. It didn't, didn't work out. I went to another company and recently was laid off, but you know, I mean, as far as the program giving you job placement, there was none. Um, I was handed a piece of paper with a bunch of machine shops in Tulsa, basically printed off kind of like the yellow pages. Here you go. Good luck. <clears throat> I love the job. Um, gentleman I work for is very difficult, but that's, you know, personal opinion of mine, but you know, he, he was hard to work for, but the job itself, I love, I love it. And now I learned so much. I was learning so much. And unfortunately with everything going on, it didn't pan out either, so now I'm left out here again. Beyond the job, how were things going for you? I mean, you, you talk about uh, you've got two kids at home, but just what was what, were, what was the first months out of prison like for you? <laughs> well, coming out of prison, um, I, I lived with my father and my brother. It was great. I actually got to move into my childhood home in Jinx. Um, my father had just fully rebuilt and remodeled, and I got to live in my old bedroom the first three months. Uh, my fiance, who is my son's mom, her and I were not together while I was in, but we, you know, began to talk and work things out. And within five months, we had an apartment together. We have one to this day in Glenpool. I have my son there and her oldest. And I just began starting to see my daughter again a month ago, every other weekend. So things, things have been very good on that end. Uh, just trying to get into my career and maintain a job with this mess going on. <laughs> kind of been the struggle since you since you lost that job you've been i imagine you've been searching what's that search process been like for you i gotta be honest it's rough i was turned down for two positions this morning because of my background now saying that neither one of them was in machining but they were jobs nonetheless and they ran a background check and without even giving me an option to explain myself or present myself it was an email back that sorry we can't proceed any further it's just unfortunate, and yeah. it's just something I have to live with. You know, it's all about the choices we make. Yeah. Are you still so? You, are you still looking for work in machining? It sounds like you're also just looking for kind of any other opportunities that might uh, work there as well. I I I prefer machining. Yes, it's my first choice, but right now I'll shovel poop off the sidewalk. Maybe I mean, you know. So when you have kids and you're trying to live your life right and get back on track, there isn't anything you won't do. 
So I'm looking all avenues. I have an option right now with a company in Tulsa um, that sells tractor equipment and supplies, and I'm excited about that. So I've, I've got a good feeling, and if that pans out, then I'm, I'm going to take it and go that avenue, which isn't machining, but it's okay. It's a good pay, and it's a good job, so I'll take it. During this time when you're you're in between jobs, how's it how is it for you and your family? Are you guys kind of making do? Is it a struggle right now? It's a struggle. I mean, it is a struggle, and I just, as I mentioned a little earlier, I just began getting to see my daughter for the first time in five years a month ago, and I get her every other weekend. But on top of that, I have to pay her mother $400 a month and rent and utilities and groceries, you know, we all do. And, yeah, it's scary. I'm not sure how ends are going to meet this month, but good Lord will find a way. You know, now that you've had this experience, you know, after release, you know, finding work, losing work and, and trying to find again yeah. and, and, and trying to get settled and all the things that come with, you know, being released from prison. What's that experience been like? And specifically, like, what would you tell state officials in terms of how to make that transition easier? Because right now we're seeing a lot of people that are released from prison. Yes, the Pardon and Parole Board and the governor is, is a big push for for additional releases. So, you know, this is a this is a very relevant issue for Oklahoma right now. From your perspective, what can we be doing a better job of? You know what? There is a lot of things the state can do for people to transition. I go back to this, though. We are our own people. We all make our own choices. You know, some of us have better footing than others when we get out the door. Some of us still have our families. Some of us don't. You know, um, as far as DOC in the state of Oklahoma transitioning, helping more, um, I think more needs to be done. I think I told you this last week, Mr. Ben. Um, you know, they send you out the door with a $50 or $100 prepaid card, and they say, here you go, you're released. Well, you know what? That's not good enough. And a lot of us that were in there worked highway crews, worked outside eight-hour-day jobs in trash plants. I did a project in Nowata. I climbed in a human waste tank in Nowata, July 2017. You know what I got for it? A cheeseburger. There isn't any reason... With what these lawmakers make, the governor, all of them, and this goes with politics in general, whether it's federal, state level, you're you're raking in obscene amounts of money, obscene amounts of retirement, but you want your criminal justice and you want less people in your prisons, which, again, I don't believe in Oklahoma because I think it's a profitable industry for Oklahoma. But going back to where I'm at on this point, you have to give people job placement. The former uh, director, Joe Albaugh, did away with all your DOT crews, did away with all your work centers. Well, you know all these little towns that had work centers right before you got released, if you were down a level and you were doing good, and they'd send you to these little towns and you'd work. Well, a lot of these little towns would hire you upon release. Well, he did away with that. So now you don't have that transition. You don't have that. Um, not only that, you're, you're building guys with routines to get up and go to work every day. Now they're just laying on their bunks, doing drugs, getting ready to get out of prison. I've seen it. So there has to be more on that end before anything else. And, you know, for me, it would have helped to have more assistance with job placement coming out of Votech. Uh, at least have a savings account of built up over the work I did and the good time I did over that, you know, three years. $10 a month. That's what they gave us in game pay. So I just, 
I think it needs to be overhauled altogether. You know, I really do. Finally, Jake, how are you doing? I mean, obviously, before your incarceration, you were at a, a difficult spot. The yeah. Substance abuse and and obviously the, the crimes that, that put you in. And you talk about being in a dark place and considering suicide. Yeah. You know, fast forward a few yeah. years later, you're you're out, you're with your family, um, you know, you're, yeah. you're you're looking for jobs. But how are you doing personally? Um, great. I never gave up hope. You know, I mean, I just didn't. You know, I I believe in God. I'm not toting any religion or any one belief. I just believe there's something greater, and I believe in God, and I I I held on to that, and I tried to find the good that was left in me. I reached real deep down to find it. And I'm still, you know, I'm doing great today. I have my struggles. I have my moments, you know, where I tend to get mad and angry at situations like I did in the past. But, um, you know, but that's that's life. I mean, we all, not every day is going to be peachy and rosy. And I got to remember that, you know. And what I can say is, um, you know, for me, because I held on to hope, because I refused to just give up, I've regained everything back and then some. And even though I don't have a job and I'm pretty much broke, <laughs> I know another day will come and I'll, I'll, I'll climb back up. And that's that's right. In this, telling you that again, it's all about the choices we ourselves make. That's going to do it for this week's episode of Listen Frontier. You can subscribe to this feed to get both this podcast and COVID-19 in Oklahoma, the Frontier's weekly podcast discussing the latest news on how the coronavirus pandemic is impacting our state. For the Frontier, I'm Ben Felder. Thanks for listening. I'll be back with you next week.